0: Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris, and you can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Week one is in the books, and as always, it was a tough week to handicap. But now we have some actionable information to guide our decision making going forward. As always, as soon as week one ends, we need to start immediately looking to week two. So as we always do on our Monday show, we're going to be taking an early look at next week's lines. We're not making picks here, We're just giving our initial reaction to the lines as they first come out. And with me to break it all down is Christian Pina, a professional sports bettor and a writer and managing editor for the Sports Betting Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at the very convenient at Christian Pina. That's P-I-N-A. Christian, how's it going, man?
1: Good, man. It's always fun talking with uh, new people and, um, you know, companies that are coming up into the space. And I've been such a fan of what you guys have done on other ends and in other areas. So I really appreciate you thinking of me and I'm excited for, you know, week two, week one. You know, the the biggest difference is to me in the NFL season, it's so funny. We think of ourselves as, you know, these three-month handicappers because week one kind of comes, you know, the the lines open three months in advance and then everything we have to shift to basically five-day handicappers. So week two to me, uh, both in college football and the National Football League, is one of the most unique and, in my opinion, really challenging uh, weeks of the year.
0: Yeah, out of curiosity, if... We had talked last week for week one, and again you talked about it, and we we talked about this last week, which is you know the the week one lines come out months in advance, and we talked a little bit about how they moved from when they first dropped. Did any of them coming into basically on Monday as of as of uh, last week did any of them really jump out to you as off when you first looked at them? I'm not saying necessarily to place a bet, but just where if you were you know you're a professional sports better, basically if you were placing a bet when you looked at it, you said wow I expected that line either an over or under or spread on any particular game to be significantly higher or lower? It was, was it about where you thought it would be? You mean it, uh, for week one when they opened? For week one. Yeah, not this week. We'll talk all about this week. But I meant last week. If I had you on yep. on our Monday show from last week, we were talking about some lines and one or two of them stuck out to us as a little bit off, just that we would expect it to be a little bit different. I was just wondering out of curiosity from last week, whether you had been on on Monday and we were analyzing the week one lines, whether or not any of them would have stuck out to you as a little bit off.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that Green Bay Packers line and and the fact that they were an underdog. I understand that they were on the road, but when you look at this, I mean, it's crazy how much the market and perception of a team can shift on, you know, a very short sample size. And make no mistake, the National Football League is a very short sample size. You're talking about 16 games. Where, you know, there's, it's notorious that, you know, sometimes professionals are a year early on teams. We saw this, you know, they were backing the Browns and got, you know, absolutely killed for a while, you know, but they were just a year early. The same thing happened a couple of years ago. They were a a year early on Jacksonville. So the short sample size in the marketplace, look, I mean, I don't understand how the Chicago team was favored at all. Um, and, and, you know, inherently that's going to present some value when you get Aaron Rodgers, who has amazing success in the division against that, you know, particular number, not to mention the script was 180 degrees flipped from last year when Chicago was coming in with a new offense. Um, and, you know, Green Bay to me really, I don't understand that, you know, how they were a, an underdog when Green Bay built their team uh, to, you know, contain Mitch Trubisky's legs and, you know, beat the Bears. And for lack of a, better term, they got so much faster with their draft pick and, you know, uh, Savage, the safeties probably already, you know, running a 4-2, one of the fastest guys in the back end in the league. And they learned how to, you know, kind of bring people in to, you know, set that edge and make Trubisky beat them from the pocket. Uh, And it really did play out that way. I thought their offense would be a lot better. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, that's, uh, you know, in terms of line value, that was the biggest one uh, that really stuck out to me. Um, And when you go down the line, look, division underdogs, divisional underdogs in week one constantly have a great record. So, you know, to me, that's kind of where everything starts and ends. And and when those lines are very much flipped, again, we saw this with Tennessee. We saw this just about everywhere. Washington just squeaking in inside the number. So the Green Bay one was the biggest kind of head scratcher to me. And just making some of these, you know, divisional underdogs that do so. Well, uh, in week ones, you know, some of these being very long favorites, uh, like the uh, Vikings uh, in Washington game.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the differences from this week, especially because, I mean, look, I was preparing for the show, and earlier today, just a few hours ago, I had sort of a list of what the consensus numbers were. And they've already moved, some of them pretty significantly. So we're going to talk about each game here. And both the spreads and over-unders that we're going to be talking about, we're going to be using the bettingpros.com consensus numbers. Now, that is an aggregation of the odds that are available in the market. And as I mentioned last week, well, these numbers are probably what you're going to find, generally speaking. There are occasionally pretty significant differences in the odds available in the market. For example, with the Bears and the Broncos right now, and some of this is due to the fact that we're recording this on Monday night. The Broncos haven't played yet. So this could move, but you've got FanDuel with the Bears at minus two and a half. Almost every other book has them at plus one. So if you look to maximize your return on investment, make sure to shop around a bit for the best odds that you can get. But for now, just know that when I list any given odds, they're bettingpros.com consensus odds. All right, Christian, let's begin with the Thursday night game. That's the Bucks at the Panthers. We've got the Panthers laying six and a half points and the over under at 50. What's your reaction to those lines?
1: Um, look, when you look at this Tampa team, they are, you know, they, Winston, I really, you know, thought he may, you know, finally take that, that step forward. And, you know, he doesn't have Fitzpatrick, you know, looking over his shoulder and he's not going to be worrying about coming in. And we saw that it's just, he just played like there's nobody else behind him, which is usually, um, you know, a good thing for confidence. And, um, I guess it went the other way with him. So I get this reaction. I mean, when you looked at the, uh, look at headlines, this was about a minus three for Carolina at home. Look, Carolina, you know, cross country, they were going to LA different time zone, all that type of stuff came into play on week one. and, And they really did hang around with them depending on the number that you got last time. But you look at a guy like McCaffrey, and I, I just I think that his trajectory reminds me so much of Le'Veon Bell, and you know, had Le'Veon Bell won an MVP, I think that you could, you know, really make a case for, you know, that blueprint to be followed. It just becomes such a quarterback kind of driven league. But to me, this line in total are set just about where I would make them again. Assuming I have Carolina a little bit of a downgrade for a home field advantage, you know, maybe it's two instead of the normal kind of flat three across the board that most people will use. Um, You know, just again, based on time, all that type of stuff. But I will say there is a very good trend out there on, you know, home teams playing on Thursday night. And I don't know if you can uh, classify Bruce Arians as a quote unquote rookie head coach, but he is an his first year with a new team and traditionally that is a great spot to fade so i do think this you know maybe there's you know a half point of value a point of value but i really just see this one as carolina kind of you know continuing to undress tampa and i think that this line is probably right on the money
0: and how and the total too at 50 i mean they last year one of their games they totaled at 70 you know so it struck me when i first looked at it as maybe a little high but you know on second thought i guess it kind of seems right at the number you know the bucks offense didn't look fantastic um, on Sunday. Uh, And the Panthers, you know, Cam Newton was a little rusty going in. They still have a strong defense. The 50 number initially struck me as a little too high. But after second thought and kind of looking at their history and looking at everything, it, it probably struck me right about in line. Are you on on board there with the 50 over under?
1: Yeah, you look at the last time that these two played on December 2nd, 2018, 24-17 victory. So that one, you know, did go under that. I would definitely lean with the under with you there as well. Look, in the beginning of seasons, there's a reason that professionals always go under in the Hall of Fame game. And that's because traditionally to start things off, defenses are always ahead of offense. There's It's just schematically, uh, I don't want to say easier, but it's just a little bit, you know, different to apply. So I will always lean towards an under, especially early in the seasons.
0: All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Chargers at the Lions. The Chargers are laying two and a half points. Now this was at three earlier in the day. It's moved to two and a half and the over under is set on 47. Both these teams coming off overtime games. What are your thoughts here on Chargers laying two and a half and the over under at 47?
1: Yeah, A couple things here really struck me out. Number one, this is probably going to be the most publicly cited uh, game of the week, and I would say that majority of people are going to come out in droves for the Chargers laying that short number on the road. And again, I know we uh, just said both teams playing, you know, after overtime, so. You know, the Lions did uh, go the full, you know, extra quarter in the season, in the beginning of the season. That's usually a detriment. You, know, you could look at it a couple of different ways, but to me, that's what struck me the most about this one is this is going to be probably the biggest, one of the biggest book needs of the um, afternoon when we talk about the uh, Chargers side. Again, you saw that number tick up minus two uh, and a half, some, you know, three some places, again, using our consensus, minus two and a half. And the other thing, public's like two things, favorites and overs, because they like to see scores. And that same thing happened. I saw that total and in my initial reaction was that seems, you know, very, very low when you look at a game line. Last year that ended thirty three twenty eight with these two teams.
0: Yeah, no, that was my reaction too. I mean, I think that spread was fine. You know, I, I also completely agree that I would expect the public to certainly be backing uh, the Chargers in droves, and they probably have been at least somewhat already with the line move. Um And yeah, I agree. The over under it just it struck me as a little light. I mean, both teams. You know, the the Lions showed. Uh, you know, the Cardinals. Their defense certainly is, is nothing to write home about. But the Lions on offense, um, you know, they have more weapons. TJ Hawkinson obviously adds a new dimension to that. Danny Amendola right in the middle to add to Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. So I do think that their offense can score points. And Indianapolis showed yesterday that the Chargers defense certainly is far from infallible, although they're strong. They're dealing with another injury at cornerback. So, you know, with the two, with the Chargers defense kind of backed up, both teams having offenses it's the lines that are a little bit surprisingly uh, good at least if you look at yesterday I also agree that I thought the over under uh, struck me as a little light but it should be a close game and I would expect uh, more money to come in on the Chargers as you said let's move to the next game Colts at Titans Titans laying three points and the over under set at 44 what do you think
1: This is a little bit of an overreaction to me was my first uh, statement. Look, this is kind of you always want to buy low and sell high. And I understand the Titans just went in there and kind of derailed the Browns hype train. And again, a divisional underdog situation. Um, a bunch of new pieces specifically on offense. And, you know, the Titans, for anyone out there that, you know, hasn't kind of listened to me before, this is one team that I don't know that I've ever backed in my life. I just think that they're stuck in a different age. Um, you know, this was again, Mike Malarkey, the Thunder and Lightning, they wanted to run the ball. And that's just not how the league is played, not, uh, you know, how the league is won. And so the Titans are a team until they show me that they are shifting, you know, kind of their philosophical mindset offensively. I don't know that I can get behind a ticket on them very much. But again, a great, you know, divisional road uh, spot for them and, and some nice, plus money last week you look at the other side of the Colts this is another uh you know reaction to the Andrew Luck drama you know Brissett, you know played okay uh but this to me is the ultimate kind of buy low sell high uh so definitely kind of lean with the Colts on that one and these divisional games um you know despite the high-powered nature in theory of kind of what the Colts offense was supposed to be um you know let's be very clear this is you know a a downgrade from Brissett, you know, or to luck from, or from luck to Brissett, And, uh, you know, traditionally Colts and these two teams have played each other very, very uh, tight. They usually kind of split there. And when you look at this, you know, total again, last year was a little bit of a different situation, but Indianapolis 33, 17. And that was at a time when Tennessee had kind of gone off the rails. Uh, but to me, I mean, Marlon Mack, what he's able to do that, you know, really to kind of take the pressure off Brissett at only 190 yards, you know, Mariota, somebody I will always dare you to beat me and dare, you know, if you do, I'll tip my cap. And that's how I feel about this. So definitely lean with the road underdog Colts here at the plus three and in, in the total. uh Definitely lean a slight lean towards the under.
0: Yeah, I, I would think the numbers struck me as roughly correct. Uh And I don't know about you. I have a really tough time with division games, um especially early in the season. I just kind of think, you know, these teams know each other. Generally speaking, uh, you mentioned it's a little bit different now, of course, because there's no Andrew Luck. Uh, coming in for the Colts. But it's the same system that they ran last year. It's, you know, two teams with relatively good defenses. Um, the over under at 44 is, is pretty low um, for the week. But it, you know, it, it strikes me as something that's probably going to be right out of curiosity. And this is a little off topic, but I'm wondering, do you have any fear of of betting on divisional games like this with teams that know each other so well, especially earlier in the season? Or do you just take it like it's any other game?
1: Well, let's think about this, right? So divisional underdogs, um, again, I haven't, I didn't go back and do this for, I didn't add in what happened for last week, but they were 17 and four last few years against the spread. And so I will always lean with the trends. I am mean, a big trend better, but you know, traditionally what happens with people, they see a trend once out there inevitably on their first time betting it, it loses, and then they never touch it again. And all of a sudden they forget it exists. So it's you know again, 77%, you know, and I think that must've probably went up when you had, you think about Washington covering last week, the Titans obviously winning outright and covering. So there's probably a couple more in there at least, you know, 19 and four. Uh, so above, you know, pretty much 80% in week one, when you look at week two, you know, I will always, like I said, side with the underdogs in division, just based on that. And when you look at this, you know, Redskins, Bills, Giants, Raiders, it's a good opportunity here. And and so I will always kind of lean with those because look, we don't know what these these teams are yet in week two. We're we're going off you know preconceived notions of the off season and pretty much last year's data. It takes three to four weeks to know what a team is this year versus what a team was and what they could be, like like the Browns, you know.
0: Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, for me, I I just never feel like I have a good good sense of it early on this season so I it, it, look laying three essentially saying that it's roughly an even matchup on a neutral field and a small over under that strikes me as about right let's move to our next game also a divisional game the Cowboys at the Redskins Cowboys are laying four and a half points and the over under is now 46 now when I checked earlier in the day it was 44 so it's moved roughly two points over I don't know about you I kind of expected the line to be higher here I expected the Cowboys to be laying more points what about you
1: yeah, much like that Chargers line I think this is kind of the fishy line of the week that the public will, you know, probably be a consensus pick just about everywhere for the Cowboys just over that field goal but again it's a divisional matchup and and as Tennessee showed these can be, you know, very very tricky especially in the early part of the season. Um look, I don't necessarily give Washington a full 3 uh for that and these again these teams know each other so well but The way that, you know, Dak playing motivated and if he, you know, I would dare say maybe this line even moves if he, you know, does get paid and it could go the other way just because you look at the motivation factor for a guy, you know, to go out there and just, you know, make people be quiet. And look, I am or I was the the biggest Dak detractor on the planet uh, before he got Amari Cooper. I was betting, you know, his um his passing yards props under every single week and returning a pretty nice, um you know, ROI in that department. I just did not think you could win uh, with a guy like Dak Prescott. And, you know, I, I've said that before. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again when it comes to guys like Trubisky and Goff, although the, the jury is kind of out on those guys still. And as it is, you know, in my opinion, maybe even on Dak, despite the big number he's about to get paid. So um it's very low when you look at, you know, a pure power numbers handicapper is probably going to make this, you know, Dallas minus a, you know, seven road favorite. Uh, to me, this Washington team is kind of, you know, held together with, uh, you know, silly putty and some duct tape and, and maybe some spit. And I really do feel that way. And I think that the, the rails can kind of come off here. Of course, you had the incredible Vernon Davis touchdown here. Maybe that's kind of fresh in everyone's mind, but next level thinking is very real. And when something seems too good to be true in this business, that is a very real situation and, and yeah, not trap lines, nothing like that. I just think that there's something to be, you know, when you look at a line and it's so off from what you have, it probably means oddsmakers are taking into account something that you're not and as far as the over under I will always go under in these Cowboys uh Redskins divisional games especially in the first half market and that's just kind of a long you know trend play the Giants and Cowboys went under I believe like five uh maybe six straight prior to this this one as well so I'll definitely go with the under there.
0: Yeah, this one really as I said stuck out to me and again I, you know I, the the only thing is I kind of had that same feeling Last week with the Ravens and the Dolphins where I said this line really needs to be moving much higher and it it stuck under seven at least uh, where I was looking. And that was shocking. And I I, I went with it. But it was one of those where I said, I know I must be missing something. Because, you know, a line like this is begging you to take the Ravens. And that's kind of how I feel about this one, which is why I'm surprised it's so low. Again, you're right. There's probably something I mean, this is a line that's sort of begging you to take the Cowboys, which is why I expected it to be higher. But for me, look, I don't want to draw too many conclusions from yesterday against the Giants. But I think with Kellen Moore calling the plays with, you know, Zeke back with a full season from Amari with Gallup taking that next step. I think that this Cowboys offense is going to be really, really difficult to stop. Um, The Redskins, honestly, impressive is the word that I want to use for them, um, as unfair as that is, because they're really not a very good team. But the fact that they came out hot against the Eagles, they hung in there all game. They're now going to be without Darius Geis, though, for at least a couple of weeks. So for me, I'm going to be surprised as much as it's kind of seems like a trap line i'm going to be surprised there's got to be tons of public money coming in which also again you know that they know that setting the line at this number that there's going to be a ton of money coming in on the cowboys which makes you feel like they probably want a lot of money coming in on the cowboys but to me the four and a half points just really stuck out to me as as the one that when I was going through the lines, I was like, wow, this is something where I really sort of had the projection being much, much different. As for the over under, I'm inclined to agree. Um, you know, I, I, I think a, a 46 where it's at now, 44 struck me as a little light, but at a 46, I think that's roughly right. Even though I like the Cowboys offense, I do think that in a divisional game like this where the teams know as a general matter, again, yesterday, Cowboys seemed to have no trouble with the Giants. But in a divisional game generally, I think going with the under and, and having a lower over-under than you might expect probably makes sense. Let's move to our next game, the Seahawks at the Steelers. Now, this one is interesting because it was at five, the Steelers laying five. It's now the Steelers laying three and a half. And the over-under was at 47, and now it's at 46 and a half. Do you think that this is a reaction just to how abysmal the Steelers looked last night? Or do you think that this was just going to move once we got a little more data regardless?
1: Yeah, I want to say one more thing about that Cowboys-Washington game. And oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Box. I didn't mean
0: to cut you off. No, no, go ahead
1: you're fine though you know one more thing that did stuck you know stick out to me when you look at this you know why is this line where it is look the Redskins lost to you know the clear front runner I think in most people's minds uh along with Dallas by you know guess what margin five points I don't say they did that kind of blindly but the situation you know uh, I know Washington's at home in this one and, and all that type of stuff but that does make sense and look that's a little bit of prime uh you know what's called basic teaser Wong teaser territory at that plus four and a half gets you through many different key numbers up towards you know above uh that uh ten and a half mark so on Seattle same thing the first Thing that stuck out to me is I wish that five was available because I believe yep. Russell Wilson has not, or lost maybe one game in his career by more than double digits. And anytime I can, you know, tease a number up to get that, that is always what I'm going to do and every single time. And now that that's gone, look, do I still like it at the nine and a half? Sure. Um, I just would have absolutely loved that eleven teaser leg. It was the first thing that stuck out to me about that total, or I'm sorry, about that side and the
0: total. Why do you think it moved so much? Out of curiosity, I mean that's a that's a fairly significant move, a point and a half. And you know, they they just played last night. They, the Steelers. They looked terrible. The Seahawks didn't look that great either. I mean, they they were favored by nine and a half over the Bengals and they barely squeaked by. So out of curiosity, I mean, what do you think is driving that point and a half move?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, this was a nationally televised game week one where every that's you know probably one of the biggest numbers they're going to do for viewers, both in Las Vegas sports books or wherever people are watching this game for this reason. And so when you... You know, primetime games, the market overcorrects or you know overadjusts more than anything else in the world. And when you get beat that badly, it's just so fresh in everyone's mind that inherently there's an overreaction. So yeah, if you are kind of the you know value based power numbers type of handicapper, um, you know maybe there is some inherent value with the Steelers. To me, look, this Steelers team, I think there's a narrative. I think that Mike Tomlin could be out of a job very quick. You know, quicker than people think. I think he makes a lot of sense if you want to go into the novelty prop market of first coach to be dismissed if, you know, anywhere still has that up. Um, And look, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson has been very good to me in his career, both in his season win total and in specific situations, just like this one. So while I do think that this is something of a buy low, sell high, not again, like you said, not that Seattle uh, did anything to kind of, you know, sell them high on, but they did get out of town with a victory. And that's, you know, from a straight up perspective, all that matters. Um, And so Seattle or Steelers, I think the ship could be on fire much quicker. You saw Juju limp off as well. Uh, I don't know. that he's he's supposed to be
0: okay. By the way, just there was a report today that he's supposed to be fine, he is going to play. In this game. So that's at least one thing that we don't have to worry about.
1: Pouncey as well. Um was another injury that and we have seen this time and time again when you know Pouncey Brothers and, and what they really do for the makeup, much like Frederick for the Cowboys, it's a different unit uh when he is in there versus when he's not. So I understand the line move. I I you know, I, I don't say I agree with it, but I completely understand the reasons for it. It's just that's what the market does because everyone is gonna see what happened last week and when they come out and they're gonna try to hit that, you know, road underdog at the plus you know, five all the way down to plus three and a half. So I get it. Don't necessarily agree with it, but I completely understand why oddsmakers did that in as far as the total. Look, I was really shocked at this Steelers offense. Um, this Patriots defense has had holes in the past. I know they're a revamped unit and that offense, you know, is scary without Antonio Brown. But to me, um, you know, the 47, it, what did Antonio Brown mean to this team? We will find out now. I thought Juju was going to take that next step. It was a ba- you know, just a bad game. I completely understand that. But it this all depends on if the Pittsburgh team can get going. And you saw, you know, with Metcalf, this is, you know, Russell Wilson has some weapons to play with now. It's Tyler Lockett, all he does is catch touchdowns, so definitely would lean towards the over as both teams look to get their offenses in flowing.
0: Yeah, the number, both numbers struck me as as roughly correct. The the five um, that the open was, I, I found to be crazy to me. I, I mean, even before watching the Steelers, I just didn't think. I think people, as you sort of said for whatever reason, sportsbooks always seem to underestimate Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. So I, I, I thought that that was way too high. As it moves closer to three, I think that that's about correct. I think you put these guys in the neutral field. I think it's roughly a pick em game. And the over-under to me, forty-six and a half, forty-seven. 47, I think was fine. You know, I, I imagine that... Um, I guess I don't know, but I would imagine that most money would come in sort of on the under. You suggested that you like the over there. To me, the forty-six and a half, forty-seven, 47, right around there, I'm sure that's where it's going to end up. But it, to me, both these numbers at this point kind of struck me as roughly correct. Uh, let's move to your favorite team that you were talking about, the Vikings at the Packers. Now, the Packers are, the, the odds makers have adjusted. The Packers are favored just by three. And the over under is at forty-four and a half. That has dropped a bit. Since uh, earlier today, it was at 46, so the numbers dropped by about a point and a half. Again, Packers at 3, 44 and a half over under the Vikings at the Packers. What's your reaction to that?
1: My reaction was the Vikings are probably going to be one of the biggest public underdogs of the week because everyone just saw how they dismantled uh, an Atlanta team out there. And so, look, the Packers looked great. They did. I want to say they looked great. I think that um defensively, they looked amazing. That being said, as I said in the beginning, I think that they built their team to stop the Bears. And... Look, Minnesota is here is a cheat sheet on how I will bet against Minnesota or bet on Minnesota. If they are playing a team that finished the year above five hundred the previous year, I am going to bet against them and do it every single time. And conversely, nobody beats bad teams like Kirk Cousins. Now this one gets a little bit tricky, uh, because I don't think this is the same Green Bay Packers team. I really don't. But yet they finished the year, you know, under five hundred last year, and that stat of Kirk Cousins is Absolutely incredible. I'm trying. I'm going to pull it up right now. He is basically about 16% against the spread throughout his career against a team that finished, uh, with a over 500 uh, record the year prior. So this one's a little bit of an anomaly. I think that the crowds are going to come and, you know, look to back what they just saw again week two is the overreaction week and so it's a you got to be very much aware of it again a divisional you know opponent I usually do like to lean towards the underdog and as I said this but this number at the plus three that we are looking at is uh something it's basically you know i don't want to say it's a pick because it is a key number and it can kind of come off of that but it's it's absolutely crazy and look cousins team you know record verse winning teams is 5 and 25 and that is absolutely incredible so in 2018 last year went 1 and 6 uh road record 13 and 23 these are just too many things to me to look to look at that divisional trend so i would take three points here uh, and avoid that you know gross stinky public underdog on the road and look totals you're always going to get me to take a lean towards that under on a divisional game i do think that total is probably pretty much right on the money just
0: where uh, about where I made it. So if you were going to make the spread for this game, would you have it, what, Packers laying five or what?
1: yeah I would put it right in what's called the dead zone if I was a, an odds maker I would this you know this game is really like I just said I don't exactly know what to do with it from a point spread perspective because I just don't know about this Packers team yet and that offense looked bad and look that Vikings offense looked great yet Cousins will you know it's almost as if they've figured it out they only let Cousins throw the ball I believe 10 times last week and just had Dalvin Cook go wild the Packers you're not going to be able to do that all they are going to do is set that edge uh, contain Dalvin Cook and make Cousins you know beat them and when you have a 4-2 safety. And what I believe is the second fastest in the defense in the NFL, I put this in the dead zone and I you know, really make you pay a premium if you want to back the Packers and, and find out. Um, and I think that would probably make a lot of people pass because traditionally fours and fives, quote unquote, dead numbers. But that's really what I would make that number uh, right around that four, four and a half to five point mark.
0: All right, great. Well, before we move on, I do want to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Now, I've been telling you about BetMGM pretty much since the inception of the show. It is the easiest and best way to place a bet if you are in the state of New Jersey. Just search for and download the BetMGM app on your phone or visit BetMGM.com, sign up for an account, and you can place a bet right from your home. And they've gone kind of overboard here with their new promotion, but if you have any interest in placing a risk-free $500 bet, then it's probably time you signed up and placed a wager. Here's the deal. When you download the BetMGM app and you sign up using our promo code Harris, that is my last name, Harris, then your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free. If you lose, BetMGM is going to credit you the amount you lost up to $500 for future wagers. Up to $500, guys. I mean, Christian might burp that, but that's a huge offer. Just download the app and use the promo code HARRIS to claim the promotion, and you can go to BetMGM.com for further details. In addition, BetMGM offers a ton of features that make sports betting even better. They offer early cash-out, where you can settle a bet before the game ends to lock in winnings or cut your losses. You can track your bet in real time, and they offer daily boosted bets and promotions across all major sports. So just download the BetMGM app, sign up using our promo code Harris, claim your risk-free $500 first wager, and enjoy all the perks. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey. To place a sports bet, visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Christian, let's move on to our next game. It's the Bills at the Giants. The Bills are laying one and a half and the over-under is set at forty-three and a half. What's your reaction here?
1: I was really looking forward to what this line would be, and that is for you know one reason. There is a, you know, what if I told you that this situation presents at something um, rather unique in the marketplace where one of these teams is, you know, 6.67% against the spread in the spot that they're in. Do you know what that trend is when it comes to the scheduling uh, statistic for the, uh, in this case, the Buffalo Bills?
0: I do not. What is it?
1: Teams on back-to-back road games to start the season are 1-14 in against the number since 2015. Um, and look... These usually aren't big numbers, um, so sometimes you can sneak in there. But usually, these spots are really all about you know winning or losing. I think the Bills just came back in in fashion, and the public is going to see that as well. Um, and this is a gross home underdog um, Bills non conference road game. These are all situations of look ahead spots after a divisional game, a hard fought one. Um, and by the way, the Colts are also in that uh, discussion as well at the plus three against the Titans. Um, but to me, this is the gross underdog nobody wants to take, and somehow. We don't understand how the Bills beat the Jets, and they just looked ahead to the next week. Um, but this is a pretty good scheduling spot, at least, for the Giants just to, to win the game at home um, against a Buffalo team that is still going through the motions here. And again, when you talk about this Total. Uh, you look at the Bills putting up just 17 points last week. You look at the Giants putting up 17. That 42 number is very, very low, begging people to take that over and maybe somebody gets it going. There is just not a lot of weapons on the field for these
0: two teams. So I would have to go under there as long as you're over the, that key number. And what do you think about the one and a half then? I mean, what would you have set it at if you could make the line? The Bills are right now laying one and a half. Would you have then made it more of a pick them or what? If they, because I know the data behind that
1: trend, and I think that it's you know it depends what you put stock into. To me, I weigh that heavily when I go through my process and everything like that. So I may have a completely different number, but I would probably knowing what I know about you know how successful again. That's what ninety four percent you know in yep. the, in week two for those you know four teams that I just talked about in this situation. I'm going to make you know if you're a, a quote unquote sharp out there, I'm going to make you pay a tax for it. And I'm going to beg people to take the ju- take the uh, bills in that situation. So. I would maybe, I would go, you know, maybe even Giants minus three, make people scratch their head. I'd go four wow. and a half points different just because I, or I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, Giants, I would go Giants minus three yep. and, and make people, you know, dare people to take the bills in this dead, bad scheduling
0: spot for them Wow. Interesting. Now there is one thing to note in that, although it is back to back road games, it's in the same spot. They just faced the Jets and now they're facing the Giants. So it's the same stadium. I don't know if they stayed. I would, although I'm mean, I guess Buffalo's not too far. But I, I mean, I wonder whether or not that's going to have any impact. But it's a great stat that you gave. As for where I would see it going, I think it's probably going to stick right around here. I think, you know, the basically, it's going to be about a point. Um, if the Giants wind up being favored, I'm, I'm, you know, certainly there would be a different uh, way of betting. But for now, I think the Bills laying one and a half, the over under at 43 and a half, I think that that's roughly where it's going to end up. Let's Can go I to ask D- you one
1: question about that though? Sure. When it's
0: yeah. when it's under that two marker, let's
1: say under two and a half, um, I think you know this is where I really you know really really differ on my opinion from a lot of professionals. I don't know that I, to be honest with you, care a ton. It wouldn't change my opinion on how I bet the game if it was, you know, Bills minus one and a half, or if it was Giants one and a half, or even up to that, you know, two mark, anything below that number to just win. Do you, do you really, you know, would that change your opinion if it was flipped and and inherently taking those quote unquote
0: three points of value? If you gave me the Giants laying three, no, no, so instead, of
1: gi- instead of Giants, it was instead of Giants plus one and a half, it was Giants minus one and a half, and instead of Bills minus minus one and a half, it was plus one and a half.
0: No, no, I mean, I, I think your point, you know, for for me personally, no, I mean, I don't okay. think that really makes a difference. I mean, anything under probably under two, really, when you're below, you know, three, at, at that point, if you're just talking about whatever the bet is, I, I don't really think it makes that much of a difference. But certainly, if you moved it from one and a half. To the Giants, one and a half. No. I mean, if I if you like the Bills, you like the Bills at that point. If you like the Giants, you yeah. like the Giants. So for me, I, I agree with you there. If that's what uh, the point was, certainly not. It wouldn't make a difference in how I would approach the game. But I mean, I think the public probably does, right? I mean, the public probably, when you move lines like that, I imagine that their perception of the game changes dramatically, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah. And look, gambling psycholo- you know psychology is something I've been fascinated for so long. And as soon as you put a minus next to a team and a plus next to a team, people instantly feel a certain way. And, and, and oh, how it, how can the bills be favored? Or how can team X be favored? And, and in reality, you're talking about maybe three cents between a, you know, minus 110, you no know, pick them game and minus one and a half minus 113 or plus one and a half minus 106. So I just think people kind of almost psych themselves out too much just because of, of what, you know, plus or minus sign is next to that number when in reality those type of things don't genuinely come into play you know too too often
0: Yep, i think that's a good point next game jaguars at the texans texans are playing right now so things can change here but the odds are the Texans are laying nine and a half points and the over under is 52 and um, Out of curiosity, absent a major offensive line injury or an injury to Watson tonight while they're playing, would you expect anything really moving this line significantly? Or do you think roughly nine and a half and under 50 over under 52 and is where we end up?
1: It's going to be where we end up. This has obviously changed so much when you go from Foles to Gardner Minshaw. But look, I think that this is that's going to be the story with this Jags team and, you know, kind of of how he progresses look there's always a rookie quarterback there's always somebody that comes out and a narrative never plays out exactly how you thought and, and these stories happen and you get to try to spot those uh you know trends in the market or inefficiencies before uh the market catches up here and look the you know odds makers have no idea what to do with a you know what is minshaw worth to a spread you know they didn't know what to do when tom brady came into the league what is he worth to a spread nobody knows these things until they have data to kind of show it i mean you could you can't even quantify it you know preseason i know he got a lot of run all that type of stuff here, but this line probably does not move. Look, the narrative is already written for Jacksonville. Oddsmakers have shown that. Uh, if the Texans get blown out, or if they, you know, pull the upright outset, which I do think that they are a live live underdog in that spot this week, you know, maybe it gets over. You know, maybe it just goes bananas, just like the uh, Dolphins and Patriots land, uh, line. But I really don't see much of a move. I mean, you'd have to be talking about twenty plus point victory for this line to get over that key number of ten before professionals would undoubtedly buy back on a divisional underdog.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think basically you nailed it in that it's really tough to handicap this game because you just don't know what it's going to look like now with the Foles injury. So I think nine and a half over under 52 and a half absent something dramatic tonight is probably where we're going to end up. Let's move on to the Cardinals at the Ravens. We've got the Ravens laying 13 points and the over under set at 46. That's moved a bit. i checked earlier today. It was at 44. So it's moved up two points. What are your uh, reaction to Ravens laying 13 over under 46 against the Cardinals?
1: My reaction was that total is LOW low. Um, I get it in a way because, look, you were talking about, you know, Kingsbury famously saying that was three of the worst offensive, you know, three quarters of the worst offense I've ever seen. You look at that fourth quarter and look, Kyler Murray's going to have growing pains, but look at the end of the day, 29 for 54, 308 and two. You know, I was, the Ravens are such a fascinating case study to me in so many different ways because... What they did is reinvent their whole philosophy. How long have there even been run first, uh, defense first, and, you know, all this stuff. Now, all of a sudden, they're playing the Madden 07 running gun with, you know, Michael Vick 2.0 over there. And nobody knows what to come. That's why I love, you know, in some ways it's very difficult, but from a, you know, fan perspective, from a handicapper perspective, some games you have to sit back and watch and build your opinion on in some games you could spot an inefficiency. I believe that the Packers in, you know, last week was an inefficiency, not knowing, um, you know, what that offense would look like. This is, look, without a doubt, the, sp- the side total or the side side of this is this is a complete overreaction. If you're a value guy, you are going to take, you know, any, any professional will tell you always, you know, take 10 points or more just about any time in the NFL. And this is, you know, value wise. This is a. Overreaction. We do and look. I think there is a real situation that Miami was just that bad, and this Ravens team is can't look that good every week. I don't think the Ravens are the Kansas City Chiefs of a year ago, although the league is changing. But that over, I'm uh, I would definitely that was my first one. Is that seems very low for what Kyler Murray was able to show? And look, the difference was Kyler Murray was able to run his, his you know his style. He ran up tempo, no huddles. Level. That's what he did at Oklahoma, shotgun shotgun. Uh, and so if things do pan out for
0: the Ravens, um this one could be fireworks aplenty. And do you think the 13 number is right? Or do you think that that should be significantly lower? Sounds like you feel like the the either the sports books or the market generally has been overreacting a bit.
1: Yeah. And again, week two overreaction week, I would probably make this one. Ugh, even I want to kind of, I mean, the look ahead line, I believe was like, It's vastly different. Let's just say that I think it's maybe even five or six points difference. And so, if you are a value-based guy, that's you know what you're going to take. Make me pick. I would definitely look towards that underdog just because you know bet team or bet numbers, not teams, right? And kind of ignore what you saw and buy low, sell high, all that type of stuff. I probably make this one based on what I've seen, which again is still probably a little bit of an an overreaction. Maybe eight and a half, nine. And again, I'm not a value-based handicapper. I don't take points just to take points in this league uh, where the spread is mattering less. less every single week so um maybe you know throw them a little teaser maybe get down to that look ahead number something like that but I would make this one much closer to what I see for the Jaguars and the Texans or even a little bit less
0: yeah it struck me as high it really did um I I don't necessarily think it's going to move anywhere because I think people are you know as much as people might like you know Murray and be excited by him I think what the Ravens did is just going to be fresh in the public's mind so it it struck me as high I would have thought it was probably closer to you know the 10 mark one way or another. Um, so 13 struck me as high, but I don't expect it to move all that much going forward. Uh, 49ers at the Bengals. 49ers are now plus half a point. They were at minus one when I checked earlier today. I don't know if that is the Tevin Coleman injury or what. Um, the over under is now at 45. Joe Mixon also may miss the game, but he has a chance to suit up. So right now the consensus odds are 49ers plus half a point and the over under at 45. What do you think?
1: Same situation. I, I can't really waver from the, from a, you know, something that's been so, uh, successful for me. 49ers back to back road games. And, you know, that, the numbers tell me I have to take the other side no matter what the number was. Do I wish the Bengals were catching, you know, a three spot here, a three and a half? Absolutely. Uh, but look, Cincinnati looked very good in a spot where, Many people picked them to kind of, you know, challenge the Dolphins to have the worst record, especially without A.J. Green. And, you know, end of first quarter, they're winning. You know, you, they're up at half. Um, they just dropped it in the fourth quarter, and that could certainly happen. Um, you know, this Seahawks team, you know, when you look at to compare to the Bengals, and kind of, you know, give them that measuring stick task. I think Seattle's, you know, I thought was a lot better than them. And maybe that was, you know, that was a tough spot for Cincinnati. Again, a non-conference road game to open up the year, all those type of things that are coming into play here. So look, I got to take the number uh, regardless of what it is in terms of the value. And when you talk about, you know, Cincinnati did a pretty good job limiting that offense. And you can't really say that a lot about a Cincinnati defense usually. uh, But to me, that 45 a little bit short. I just think that there's a narrative here that Garoppolo... I don't know that he can be this bad. I, I I really do believe that. And look, all the guy does is win when he's healthy and he's in there. But to me, he just you know, rust, all that type of stuff compounded with, I think he was just getting back into the flow. And again, all he does is also lose weapons around him, right? So you look at Dalton. I mean, 418 and two without an A.J. Green and the San Francisco team had two interceptions all of last year already surpassed that. Turnover differential comes around, but not to the point of, you know, tripling it in the first two weeks. So while Dalton's been known to throw an interception or two, I think this one does go over the total. And I think Garoppolo is going to be the key to that. uh, But I do think he gets it going at least a little bit to get over that number.
0: All right, let's move on to one of the more fascinating lines of the week, the Patriots at the Dolphins. The Patriots are at, at this point, they're at minus 17 and a half. It has been moving all day towards the Patriots. The over-under is set at 47. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. When's the last time you've seen a spread this high for a road favorite? Because I can't remember it. Ooh, put
1: me on the spot. That is a No, good I'm not asking for an I, no, actual no, no, number. It's all
0: right. No, no. But I mean, what do you think of this? 17 and a half. The Dolphins looked abysmal. The Pats looked as good as they ever have. They're getting brown back. I mean, what do you think of this line?
1: I would say, first of all, I think it was probably the undefeated year whenever they played the Jets for the second time late in the year. It would probably be my guess as to when that, that second time was maybe Buffalo. But this look again, it depends on your philosophy. Are you a, you know, are you going to take the points value every single time or are you not? And look, I I mean, God bless oddsmakers. They've, they've finally, you know, put the Patriots tax too high for even me. And I, there's really wasn't a Patriots tax that I was afraid to play Uh, throughout the, you know, basically over the past three to four years, the first bet I make every single year when when any lines open is the Patriots to win the AFC East because I feel like they should be priced like LeBron and the Cavaliers were all those years. It's absolutely crazy to me that they are plus money every single year and then everyone, you know, things crash and oh my God, look, this is the you know, the NFL is the Patriots league here and anything else is, you know, at least to put yourself in a position to hedge and guarantee money week to week and certainly in the futures market. Look, can I get behind laying 17 and a half on the road. Look, this is a weird spot because usually do- the Dolphins come into Foxborough in the first game and Patriots play in Miami every December. For if- basically since the last like 10 plus years that I can remember, that's always 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 been the case. That's why the Patriots always struggle ATS or even outright against Miami in that December spot. So you're getting that here. Look, the Dolphins the second time around, I am, it's no matter what the number is, always a blind bet. I can't remember a line getting this out of control in a very long time uh look maybe you you treat this like alabama and you play a little you know patriots first quarter something like that i don't even know what to do with this i have to pass because the
0: tax is just too high yeah i mean it's just been moving all day long so i I can't imagine it gets much higher than 17 and a half but it it opened at 14 essentially and that was like you know it's it's moved two points essentially over the last i think it opened like 10 and a half in some spots honestly it's just crazy. I mean, uh, recently, when I looked at it originally, it was at 14. And then it just kept going. So my guess is it's going to hit a tipping point. This is probably about where it is You start getting to 1819. I mean, it's, it's just insane. So my guess is this is around where it ends up. Let's move on to the Chiefs at the Raiders. I don't have an over under right now, um, because the Raiders haven't played yet. So books haven't at least what I've seen come out with it, or we don't have a consensus anyway. But the Chiefs are laying nine points, they've lost Tyreek Hill, Um, Mahomes has a bit of an ankle injury I mean what do you think it's hard to know of course because we haven't seen the Raiders play yet but what do you think about the Chiefs at the Raiders laying nine points
1: you nailed it we don't know what to see you know what to expect out of this Raiders team it could go away you know the Raiders to me are always kind of, I equate them in Major League Baseball to the Mets. There's just such a range of outcomes every single year. And usually, you're it's, talking
0: it's, so much about my teams, man. I'm a Mets and Jets <laughs> fan, and all I hear is just nonstop. It's fine. I get it. Go ahead. Sorry. Keep going.
1: No, it's just that, look, there's so many ranges of outcomes. If, you know, the, the pitching staff on the Mets could, you know, they could be, be basically top three, one, two, three in Cy Young votes every single year, or they could, you know, be at the bottom of the division. Just there's so many ranges of outcomes. The floor is so low, but I guess in theory, even without AB, I mean, what is the ceiling without him? That's what we have to find out. Look, this the Chiefs are in a bad uh, situational spot here, back to back road games, banged up. Is Sammy Watkins this player that we saw last week? In my opinion, no. I have to take the points here because it's I have to do it blindly in a situational spot week two that I do every single season. So the number, I'm glad it's uh, it's a little bit higher than basically a pick 'em for all the other ones. Maybe they sneak in there and in backdoor at la Washington last year, but I got to take the number. I got to take the Raiders nine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this one might move depending on what the Raiders look like right now without AB. And of course, depending on how Mahomes looks. But there's a lot of variables here. It's a tough one to really handicap at this point. So minus nine, I don't really know. I, I think it probably struck me as right around where it needs to be given the hill injury and without knowing much from the Raiders, but we'll find out a lot more tonight, as we will with the next game, the Bears at the Broncos. Right now we've got the Bears getting half a point, but we talked about that FanDuel line that's messing it up a little bit. The consensus was at Broncos laying half a point, and the over-under is 42.5. Again, we we need to see what the Broncos look like. I did see a stat today, though, that I thought was worth pointing out. I believe it was Warren Sharp. Um, he noted that the Broncos are 22-1 and at home in the first two weeks of the season since 2000. I don't know if something like that matters to you, but what do you think here. Let's make it the Bears getting half a point, which is the consensus odds, and the over under 42.5, again, without really knowing what the Broncos look like because we haven't seen them play yet.
1: Yeah. So look, the, the trend certainly matters to me, but it, some things are just an anomaly. And, you know, if you're at a roulette table, red can come up 22 times in a row, right? Well, is there a reason for it in that situation? No, but let's dig deeper and say, why are they? That is because at that elevation, at that air, the Denver Broncos are equipped. They know how to handle it. They know how to play in it. Teams coming in early in the season, again, talking about this unconditioned. They're not in, you know, full season grind mode. They're not, you know, into this, you know, into the full swing. And that to me is, such the reason why. And look, Oddsmakers did a great job with this line. I really do believe that because I wanted to take the Bears, you know, hoping the overreaction, because again, I truly believe that the, that game last week says so much more about Green Bay and what they did to build their team to beat that division rival more than it even says about the Bears. And again, I'm not the biggest Bears uh, believer here, but they made this line in the exact place that's going to keep me off of it. It really, really did because I can't go against 22-1. and one. If, you, if you think I'm going against that, you're absolutely correct crazy. It's a very real thing. And when you talk about that total, the under makes an absolute ton of sense knowing, you know, Chicago's offense tired um you know these traditional what does elevation do it makes you you know slower it makes you breathe heavier and so while the Broncos you know maybe equipped offensively to handle the physical limitations I just don't think there's enough talent to overcome the Bears defense so I'd love that that number for the under absolutely stuck out to me um, but I have to pass on the side just because of that trend that you mentioned
0: yeah I think the over under at 42 and a half which is low is pretty right on for all the reasons you said I wouldn't expect it to move the line I think it's going to bounce around a little bit um, but it's gonna to not be it's it's going to be close to essentially a pick 'em um in the end and you know it's an interesting game for sure to say the least but we'll see how tonight goes for the Broncos. Now, before we get into our last few games, I want to remind everyone that we're giving away an autographed Alvin Kamara helmet this month. To be entered into our contest, all you need to do is leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and send a screenshot of that review to contest@bettingpros.com. And again, I pointed this out before. We only started this season, so it's not like there are thousands of entries here. You have a legitimate shot to win if you send in a screenshot of your review. And if you entered last month's contest and did not win the Christian McCaffrey helmet, then you are are automatically entered this month already so no need to worry about that all right let's move on again to another game that's a little tough because we haven't seen the team play yet although we we know generally what they are this is the Saints at the Rams the Rams are laying three we don't have an over or under yet um, because the Saints haven't played and there's no consensus odds but what do you think about the Rams laying three to the Saints
1: I think a lot of people look at last week and, you know, maybe the Rams offense wasn't what they remember. Look, the Super Bowl hangover is very, very real in teams week one. You know, there's, there's great data out there where basically any team that is not the Patriots, uh, goes under their season win total if they lose the Super Bowl the next year. And week one is a nightmare situational spot for Super Bowl losers. It's just everything is fresh. Everything is, you still have that hangover. It's, it's very real. And I think this is the ultimate kind of overreaction. Look, to me, I need this, this is going to sound weird because every, You know, situation is different, everything like that. And I completely understand that. But narrative wise, look, the Saints have not had success in week one. And so if they do end up, you know, dropping this, you know, uh, home game against Houston on Monday night, could they start the season 0-2? Very real possibility. I think this is really where the Rams are, you know, now they can put last season behind them. Um, you know, again, depending on the number and everything like that, it was a really bad spot for them last week. And that's why the number looked a lot, you know, fishier to some people who couldn't believe that the, um, you know, that line was so short And this Rams, you know, offense is this and that I get it, but I need to see what the saints do in this spot to kind of really make my opinion, just, you know, doing this one kind of blind without that, this is a very short number where the public and even odds makers are really underestimating the Rams looking at it as an X's and O's thing or a scheme thing when really in my mind, that was just the worst situational spot Spot for the Rams to come out, and they just needed to exercise last uh, season's demons and put that behind them. That three is very, very short to me. Aaron Donald could wreak havoc on Drew Brees all day.
0: And out of curiosity, we don't have the over/under yet, but what do you think the over/under is going to be? Roughly two high-powered offenses, of course. What do you think? Make your prediction. I won't hold you to it, but let me know what you think it is.
1: Oh man, that's. Don't worry, I'm not going to hold you to it. it... You could just come off off the top of your head. You're good. Absolutely not. You got to hold me to it. I would say fifty-six
0: and a half at least. I like it. I like it. All right. I was thinking 55, but I like it. 56 and a half. I bet, you know, you, you do this for a living. Of course, you're probably a little more accurate. 55 was the number that stuck out to me, assuming no major injuries, of course, of course, to Breeze or any real skill player on the Saints. Let's move on to the Eagles at the Falcons. The Falcons are laying one here and the over-under is set at 51. I was a little surprised by this one. I get that the Falcons are home. I kind of expected this to either be a pick 'em or maybe even the Eagles to be favored by a point. But what's your reaction to Falcons laying one and the over-under at 51? <sighs>
1: Let's let's break this down. I this was the we've I feel like we said this a couple times on lines that stick out to us and, and some that we make pretty much the same on. I do not understand this. And look, I don't understand it. Divisional underdogs. I I get it. Um, did Philly come out, you know, slow where they down 17 or 10 nothing, whatever it was, 17, 3, 17, 7, whatever it was to start that game. Absolutely. Philadelphia to me. Um, I think they're one of the best, you know, the top two teams in the NFC are, let's say this, two out of the top three in my mind are the Eagles and the Cowboys and they're both playing the same division and I don't even put the Falcons close especially with that defense and, and all the injuries and really just look we saw this last last week are the Vikings this much this is an overreaction when you do a little bit of a odds maker math here um you know Vikings being favored over the Eagles is what this is saying which is a little bit crazy to me the Eagles m- Maybe the heaviest bet side. I, th- I think I've said that a couple of times, but now I'm, I'm changing this for the last time to the Eagles because everyone is going to look at this. And again, this is psychological just because there's a plus in front of the Eagles. Oh, the disrespect. Oh my God. Carson Wentz, all these weapons. Deshaun Jackson. Look, Deshaun Jackson's a, a boomer bust guy. That was a revenge game on a team that he didn't want to be a part of. The, that's that narrative writes itself. That's Deshaun Jackson 101 that when he's motivated, he gets behind a defense. When he's not, he can take some stuff off so the falcons need to not you know need to not be zero and two that's that's number one uh the eagles got out of of washington with a division win so in theory could they you know kind of lose this one and, and be okay sure i don't know public bet percentages are a very weird thing when i look at this i just didn't i, I make this line much different I'm gonna be honest with you but i understand what would you make it, thought- what would you make it?
0: Mm, minus three and a half eagles yeah that that's right i mean that that's the thing that's what's sort of stuck out to me here. I'm shocked. I I I imagine it's going to move. Do you think they're going to leave it where it is? Or do you think it's going to depend on the money that comes in?
1: Here's my thing is it, it depends on the camp that you're in, because if it moves from Eagles minus one to Eagles minus two, it's no difference to me. And that's the psychological aspect. But you would feel better about betting the Eagles if it was Eagles minus two almost rather than if right. it was Eagles because you feel like you're missing something, right? That's the psychological aspect of, of these numbers that you really have to start to take advantage of or at least be self-aware of, of what's happening to you. And I just talked you through it. That's, that plus one just makes you say something is so wrong here. I have to stay away sometimes it is sometimes it isn't um I would say a lot of people would feel a lot better about this if it was just Eagles minus one instead of plus one so to me look I make this my Eagles minus three and a half on a pure handicap kind of last week aside you know taking account for narratives and and kind of what happened and and injuries and all that so look a little short to me is what I would say
0: yep I agree all right let's hit our last game Browns at the Jets the Browns are laying two and a half the over under is 46 what are your thoughts here
1: overreaction central here. Look, Cleveland was favored by, I believe, seven at the look ahead line at this, but you know, time and time ago, and now because they dropped a divisional game in their opener, and now the hype train, and now it's the same old Browns, and it's this, and look, I am not a Browns believer. I believe that you see what, you know, look what your eyes are showing you, and and look at the data, and you can largely discount some stuff, and I thought that when the hype gets so real, you can look at this in college football, Nebraska, UCLA, there's all these different, you know, kind of hype trains. The charges every year are, are a big one for the general Public. This is a very short look. Either Cleveland goes 0 2 and the season's over, <laughs> or, you know, that's the narrative that'll be floated and the Jets go 1 and 1. This is a big, big overreaction for a Jets team that won, you know, three quarters against, I would say, a pretty equal Buffalo team. Those games are always back and forth. Look, Cleveland dropped their opener and now they're all of a sudden, I think that their narrative, maybe even though it's not true, is the back's against the wall because it would be such a story if they did start 0 2 and there's, you know, the biggest Super Bowl uh, liability for sports books. I don't say this very often because i'd like to fade public hype but i think that that browns minus two and a half when you look at looking at a look ahead that was about seven overreaction central was my first thought
0: do you think it's going to move in favor of the browns
1: i think this is the ultimate middle opportunity for professionals i think if it gets to a three you'll see a minus 123 and a half and a minus 122 and a half and most professionals that i know would look to middle that uh every single time taking both sides
0: all right That's some good stuff. And thank you for not speaking ill of the Jets like you have for the rest of the podcast. I really appreciate that. Come on. I'm just kidding, buddy. You did great. And I, you know, as a Jets fan, I'm used to it anyway. But that's going to do it for today's show. Christian, thanks so much for joining me. I'd love to have you back on later in the season to give your reaction to the opening lines and make some picks next time.
1: Absolutely, my friend. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Take care. We'll talk soon.
0: All right, great. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember to download the BetMGM Sports app and use the promo code HARRIS to get your risk-free $500 wager. And don't forget to enter our September contest where we're giving away a signed Alvin Kamara helmet. Just leave a review for the show on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. We'll be back later this week giving some of our best bets for week two. I'll talk to you then.